0: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The country we now call Australia was built on the stolen lands of hundreds of unique Indigenous nations, and we recognise that as white women, we continue to partake in and benefit from the act of colonisation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
1: Um,
0: Welcome to Book Slut, a podcast bringing erotica out of the gutter and into a snobbier gutter. Hi, my name
1: is Abby And I'm Sam. It should go without saying that this podcast is not safe for work, so put your headphones in. Six, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. There's a one really long, like, thick chin hair that I have on my... Can you see that? I could see, oh it's black. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. chunky boy. <laughs> it's really long and like, why don't you I've got tweezers? We can tweeze it after this. Okay, great. Just... <laughs> it's really distracting. Go on.
0: So essentially, I went into Google because you inspired me to try and find something that actually turns me on and um, and then obviously the virginity one <laughs> that was a bust <laughs> it was a bust. <laughs> surprisingly um so then this time i was like well maybe i'll put some like work into the front end of it um and like actually research so i went in and i was like what are research terms that i can put into this and i just googled like erotica feminist (laughs) it's a good place to start um not much there's a lot of like Top ten reads and it's all done by like Cosmo yeah. and Elle. Also, and whenever these... I read those those lists, I'm always like top ten. I know. This is what you came up with? <laughs> I know. There was this one called Holes. Which I feel like one of us should read the Shia LaBeouf. Film? <laughs> <laughs> no it's like it's. I don't know. It's like this postmodern erotica about like human blobs, essentially that have like lots of different holes, and they have sex with each other in in oh, the different yeah. holes Sign and me stuff. Up. I don't know. I, that, that sounds better than the film. Yeah, that one came up quite a bit. Also, this is the second time we've talked about Shia LaBeouf on this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, so. The other one that came up was this one, which is called Curvy Girls, Erotica for Women. (laughs) Okay. The woman who edited it... Rachel Bustle. She has actually edited more than thirty erotica anthologies. Wow! So she's done which pop, like pop that on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, and she's a sex columnist, and cool. you know she's got a lot of stuff going on. And it was a re- I think her biggest one has been Dirty Girls, which is about kind of kinky mm. more kinky stuff. Um, and this one obviously uh, for those playing at home is. They're, they're stories about women who are um, curvy. So
1: straight off the bat, I want to talk about language. Yeah. Um, I don't like the word curvy, mm. particularly myself, personally. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts and feelings are on the word curvy. curvy.
0: Um, it's interesting because we are both... Neither of us are... Small, like I. Neither of us are at the extent that we would be considered what is like objectively, you know, a fit, hot. <laughs> Excuse me. Woman. <laughs> um. I mean, but obviously, it's not objective. Let me rephrase that. Neither of us is what the media tells us. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. an attractive body shape, um, but I think that. I have my dimensions mean that I am typically curvy, right? Like this, in terms of this hourglass figure. Although I think I actually looked into it and I think I'm like technically something else. I'm not an hourglass. My waist is not small enough. But anyway, I. Whose is?
1: (laughs) Um, For one tiny drop of sand.
0: (laughs) But I've come across it quite a bit. Personally, so I don't think that I have exactly the same reaction to it as you do, mm. because it's always been something that people have said nicely about well, me. I think,
1: but I kind of like, do you not? I don't know. It kind of sits weird with weirdly with me, like as some kind of like like if someone's afraid of saying the word fat, yeah, they will often use curvy instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that can be harmful in and of itself sometimes and it kind of comes into this like not being the right kind of fat like if you're if you are this hourglass figure that's been oh yeah um, then
0: you're curvy yeah no and i i agree i think like the sexualization of of curvy to me curvy means hourglass right like Mm. and hourglass is like Kim Kardashian you know I wouldn't even be like I'm hourglass that's what I think of when I think of like a sexualized curvy very
1: unrealistic oh absolutely
0: (laughs) absolutely so I guess that's the thing but for me personally when if someone's been like oh you know I love your curves I'm like yeah I'm a curvy lady (laughs) um but I will just say so in the forward uh Rachel Kramer bustle Said that, and and this is kind of like a good way to kick off this conversation. The anthology. One of the things I loved about it is that the stories. What what was a curvy girl was not that like small but big boobs, big hip kind of stuff. And she says at the in the forward, while curvy is often a euphemism for fat, it can also be a way to describe women who don't fit the hourglass figure mold and who embrace their shapes.
1: Yeah, okay. So cool. like
0: that's where they're that's where they're coming from. But definitely when I first read the title, there was a cringe
1: yeah, to it. Yeah. The other thing, language wise, the use of the word girls.
0: Uh, yeah. And also like curvy girls dash erotica for women.
1: Yeah, there's something infantilizing a little bit about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I don't love the title. Yeah. I think, and also like erotica for women to me is such a misnomer. Like, yeah. what makes it erotica for women? Yeah, is it the fact that I mean, another thing that I loved about this book is that. So, like, spoiler, I loved this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. It was actually like quite hot. Oh. Um, the sex in general was pretty vanilla. Yeah, the stories were all focused around the sexual experience. It was it was erotica. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have the happily ever after romancy type things. But all of the characters were complex in yeah. some way and it was often the story was picking up kind of midway in a relationship kind of thing. Not necessarily like a monogamous heterosexual happily ever after relationship, but for instance like there was a lot of a lot of the stories had people working in like hospitality or or retail, and there's like a return customer who they've built up a bit of a rapport with and then this story picks up at the time that they decide to fuck each other. Yeah, right. right? So it was like... So it's not devoid of a connection. Yes. Or like, yeah, it, for, and yeah. it just, everything felt super respectful. <laughs> mm. And it just felt like two people that were incredibly attracted, or more, that were incredibly attracted to each other, mm. having sex and having a good time.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was like That was so great. Like, (laughs) your enthusiasm is alarming because it shows how rare it is. Because I find, or I have found through this podcast, that when it is, like, this pure erotica of just, you know, two strangers fucking on a, like, metal bench, I'm kind of like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. But if if it swings too hard the other way towards just, like, straight up romance...
0: And it's like, it's not really sexy. Yeah. Like, maybe my feelings get involved, but, like, my vagina doesn't. And then, like... Yeah, so I I really liked the way these stories were set out because it had enough of that also that um, the communication was there. Mm-hmm. So you knew that it was consensual and people were having a yeah, good time. Cool. But not so much that you were like, yeah, we get it. Like, you like each other. Let's get to the fucking. You know? <laughs> Awesome.
1: Well, okay, so I'm glad to hear that. Besides from the shitty title, it was actually a good time.
0: Also, the other the other strange thing about this is that I bought the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it a lot over the weekend, and I was just kind of like, cleaning my bathroom to someone <laughs> getting, like, pounded <laughs> on, like, the kitchen bench type thing. And Can it we, was...
1: There's a bit of a movement happen. Maybe not a movement. Use that word liberally. There's more and more coming out at the moment about different forms of porn, specifically for women. For example, there's a thing called Dipsy, which is all audio. Um, It's an app, um, erotic stories, with the idea of it being an aid to get yourself off. I mean, so I'm curious, like, what your experience was like listening to it rather than reading it, and if it was enough to, like, had you obviously not been, like, scrubbing the bathroom but like had you been i mean sometimes i took breaks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's where i was going with that question (laughs) um it was interesting so i definitely when i watch porn one of the things i like is the sounds
1: oh that's fascinating not
0: like not see it's when i say one of the things i like it's kind of like how i pick porn i will like jump ahead to when they start making sounds and if the sounds are gross or like I don't think they sound legit I cannot that's fascinating <laughs> yeah I can't really get involved oh because I, like, I
1: generally turn it down and put on a soundtrack
0: <laughs> oh okay.
1: Okay. My that's own own mood. interesting <laughs> yeah
0: no to me it's like the sounds are a part of it huh. did they make the sounds in the audiobook no not really okay. right but they there was a lot of like fuck me like that kind of and that yeah. made me feel awkward. Yeah. I don't know something about it in in the audiobook, like in the in the narrative. I sometimes was a bit like, "Oh. Some of the narrators did it really well, but so each book had a different narrator. And the other good thing about this audiobook and the book in general is that um they had a lot of varied women. So it was... Um, I mean, there were still a lot of white women, but there was also, like, Latinas, mixed-race couples, yeah, cool. um, lesbians. Like, it was... Yeah, there were a lot of kind of different types. And when they had a different race, they had someone from that race reading the story.
1: That should not be radical,
0: but... No. <laughs> um... Some of them, yeah, I couldn't. It was, it was like they were, they were putting on a sexy voice. And that sexy voice went throughout the whole thing. So it would be like, and then I bought my groceries. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and then I was like, oh, I, like, no, I can't deal with that. <laughs> that was the other good thing about most of these stories. Obviously, they're written by different people. So whenever I'm talking about them, it's like, they're outliers. Um, they were funny. Oh yeah. Like it was just like, I think because there was a relationship between the characters and they were, you could tell that they were writing about being in safe spaces together. And a lot of what they talked about was body confidence Yeah, of the women. Um, they were in such safe spaces that there were jokes yeah, right. that were made. I'm really, really relieved to hear that because
1: honestly, like when I saw the cover, I was like, mainly the title not so much the imagery but the title just kind of made me like immediately be worried <laughs> that it was going to be like get too far into be into like fat fetish kind of
0: territory. yeah and it and it it was interesting the way they described so the first story is called runner's calves and it's by summer marsden it's about like an athletic runner
1: mm-hmm.
0: woman and like the whole thing for her is that her body is really big and strong. Like, she's trying on boots and she can't get the boots over her calves. Yeah, right. And then she ends up, like, flirting with the guy at the shoe store who's, like, quite thin. And and that was the other thing. The men in the stories where the where it was heterosexual weren't hunks. Yeah. You could tell that the characters were really attracted to each other, but... It wasn't like he's the most beautiful man I've ever seen and like chiseled jaw and rock hard abs. They were normally kind of (laughs) nerdy. Okay. (laughs) And and just like, you know, but kind of attractive to the people. Again, you know, it wasn't. They didn't, doesn't sound like they
1: played into the sort of like. Because sometimes I think you get into this dangerous territory where it's like, but he's so handsome. How could he ever love a fat woman? Yeah. And
0: sometimes they did. Sometimes some of the stories did have, like, vibes of that. And yeah. the one that I particularly want to talk about has, like, a slight vibe of that. But, like, this runner's calves one, I love. There were a few things where, like, you know, she says, thin and whip-like. I feared I would break him if we did the deed. And there's a few stories where they talk about this where the uh, the guy is not massive. Obviously, but he's, like, average size. And the women are afraid of breaking him, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. And
0: I've had that feeling. I've definitely had that feeling. Yeah, right? Like when you go on a date with like a, a thin guy and it's this weird feeling of being like, firstly, I'm trying to unpack the idea that I need you to be bigger than me yeah. to make me feel feminine. Yep. Yep. And oh, s-
1: we have had exactly the same kind of thought <laughs> process on
0: that one, I think. Go on. And then secondly... I know how the sex will work, but I also feel like I will injure you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have spent quite a lot of time in my life, like, questioning my own hang-ups on wanting to have sex with people who are bigger than me. Because of that This weird ingrained, like, sense that you need to be the petite one, you mm. know? It's a, And then to grapple with that and be like, no, 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 this is... This is just, um, you know, social conditioning. It's totally fine. But then not, at the same time, not feeling particularly attractive and, and it just, I don't
0: know, it infiltrates in weird ways and I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. And so in these stories, that's kind of what a lot of the women grapple with a little bit, I guess. Like some of them are just so confident and so like, yeah, this is who I am and yeah. You know, this is me. And and that's really great as well. But I also loved the fact that there were women who were confident. Like we're normal people. They were yeah. confident sometimes and not confident other times. And certain <laughs> things would happen. Like humans
1: can have like a variety <laughs> of different experiences. I know,
0: and we can talk about it in erotica and it still be sexy. Like, know about that. that. <laughs> um so I liked the fact that the first story was not about a curvy, air quotations there, curvy woman. It was about a strong woman who just didn't fit the 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 body type that we're told is the body type for sex.
1: Yeah. So, what was your favourite
0: story? Do you want to? The one that I chose is called Decadence. And it's by Sasha Welsh, and it had a lot of things that came up a lot in the stories. One of them was food,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like food play, or no, just like enjoying food. Uh, cool. <laughs> I mean, that's hot. And and writing it like the men finding it sexy, or I guess a sign of confidence, which is then sexy when a larger woman enjoys food and is not ashamed of eating food yeah right and that came up a few times
1: yeah right that's interesting i Um, guess like i mean a a lot of fat women do feel pressure about eating oh absolutely (laughs) yeah so (laughs) like i can't i mean if they're if they're managing to like acknowledge that and toe that line in like a empowering and erotic way that's pretty
0: amazing (laughs) yeah and it was um you know I remember when I was a teenager and I was a lot bigger than all of my friends and we would go out drinking and then like go to KFC or Mm. you know go to Mac as some dirty fast food thing and sometimes I would just be like oh my god everybody's looking at me you know yeah which is absolutely not something that my friends ever experienced for that particular thing, right? Yeah. Like, um, so that was that was really cool. Um, also, stuff about lingerie mm-hmm. featured a lot, mm-hmm. particularly corsets. Cool, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> but
1: then I was also like, is the point of a corset from way back when <laughs> to like?
0: Yeah, and it's like emphasizing your curves, right? Yeah. And it's something that I think about because I love corsets. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, is this is this me feeling sexy in this incredibly sexy outfit? Yeah. <laughs> or is this me torturing myself because I can't quite breathe properly to look
1: Curvy, yeah no right and again i think about this sort of shit
0: a lot <laughs> this is why it takes a lot to get me out of my head
1: <laughs> but like similarly like sometimes i'll want to wear heels as an example and i'll be like oh i feel really sexy in these and i'll be like wait do i feel sexy like legitimately sexy or do i just am i just buying into this thing that i've been taught To believe is sexy under a patriarchal society. And then you're like, suddenly I don't feel very sexy anymore. (laughs) Like, if I'm going to be empowered, do I have
0: to shirk? So I'm just going to stay at home.
1: Shirk. Is that right?
0: Shed, I guess is probably.
1: And then I just get mad about how much time I spend thinking about it. And then I'm just like, fuck you. You've won by me (laughs) wasting time and energy thinking about this. Just wear the fucking corset or the heels or whatever. If you want to.
0: This is me, like... Buying corsets because I don't own any mm-hmm. but I love them and I look at them all the time and then I'm like but this is a lot of money <laughs> to spend on something. The whole point is to like suck you in and like force your body into a shape that maybe isn't the natural shape and then I'm like am I just thinking about it too much? If it makes me feel good just do it. <sighs> Anyway, so lingerie came (laughs) up a lot, is the point. But I loved in this story. So essentially, this woman um, goes to this. She's she's just quit smoking, Mm -hmm. and she's found this restaurant that has this pie. Um, It's American, so you know. So she goes there every week at the same time to have this pie as like her not smoking. Oh yeah, I'm gonna eat this thing. Yeah, (laughs) instead, and. She tries to go, she has a terrible date and has this whole like witty repartee with herself about how she's gonna eat this pie and then go and jack off, you know? Sounds like a great night. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All of these women, I was like, yes. (laughs) But the restaurant is closed for a private function. But then she sees the like sexy chef. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who's like, out there chatting to someone. And then it kind of flips to him and you realize that like he's actually been watching her for the past 6 weeks that she's been coming into the restaurant and be and really loves how much she enjoys the food and just thinks she's like super sexy and confident and whatever. And then um he's like, "Look, just come around the back and I can give you a piece of the pie to take <laughs> away." <laughs> um and he ends up going down on her. In the kitchen. I hope they cleaned it afterwards. (laughs) I know. I mean, they don't mention it, but they get interrupted by the sous chef. I mean, we've all been there. Uh, Anyone who's worked in hospitality, surely. (laughs) And I'm not going to read out any of the part of of the oral because it goes on for so long. It's (laughs) amazing. It's just like I couldn't, I was like, I was listening to it. I listened to it about four times being like what am I going to type down of this to put it, and I'm just like, I just can't. It's just um switches, It it's like a manual. And this is the other thing about erotica for women. I'm like, men should be reading this <laughs> yeah. too. Because he like switches from fingering to licking to fingering and licking to like leg over his shoulder when she's like standing up he's he's kneeling in front of her like and it just it it goes on for a long time
1: which i guess like it wasn't written for audio but that would be helpful in an audio context as well because if it was over too quickly then you wouldn't be able to do well this is
0: the it. other thing with all of these stories the like the foreplay part of sex goes on for a long time oh yes like the actual penetrative sex part is when it is a heterosexual couple, is, like, not very long. And it is entirely, like, women coming twice and the men coming, like, once that's happened. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so then what happens
1: with the chef?
0: Yeah, so... Then they get, they get interrupted. They go into the, like... I don't know, ballroom or whatever, because it's an event. The... Oh, sorry, so... The- <laughs> The events cancelled because it was a like engagement party and the fiance found his partner having sex with someone else. Oh, so then they have drama. I know. So then they have sex on their like banquet (laughs) like (laughs) setup. Yeah. Hot. One of the other things I really liked about this story was that it was again just like really consensual. And there were points where he got rough and kind of read her response. And then, you know, did I hurt you? He asked. No, Victoria said and slammed. Oh, sorry. They're like, they're, they're having sex at this point. <laughs> Just so everyone's aware of what's coming. <laughs> no, Victoria said and slammed back into him, taking his cock inside her to the hilt. Harder. She pulled forward and slammed into him again. Faster. For the third time that night, Jack nearly came unexpectedly. His fingers dug into the soft flesh of her hips and plunged into her. I liked that because, again, it's like reminding you that it's a fuller-bodied woman without being all about her being yeah bigger. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, because I guess, like, being attracted to someone as a whole person and then being a fat person is different to like fetishization of fat people where the only thing you care about or interested in is their body like Mm. no one wants to be reduced down to just a body Mm. um so i guess like it's an interesting space to sort of tread when you when you're in an erotica with you know body types that are are generally not regarded as like the, the, you know, conventional, fuck, what are the words I'm looking for here? (laughs) Conventional like, um, you know, beauty standards and whatnot. Um, I was really curious to know how they would like tread that without going too far into just like objectification of fatness. Yeah.
0: one of the ways they do it is that it's just not prevalent. Yeah, okay. It's a weird like in all of the stories you're aware that this person is bigger but it's not like oh yeah like you're so sexy with your belly and like you know this. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of. So there are moments where which I've definitely had when I've slept with someone where um, and they write in some of the stories of they touch a certain area of her body and she kind of clams up a bit about that particular area and like you know brushing a hand across like someone's belly and that like being kind of like this moment where it's a little bit jolty but then they actually talk about it i mean not like sit down and have a talk about it because normally she's like riding his dick at the time but like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's just kind of like, he notices, she kind of clams up and he's like, but you're so sexy. You know, like, I love your sexy body or something like that. And um, so I think that's kind of the way that they yeah, deal with it, which I thought was quite good. And also making the stories not just about them and their body. Which is
1: exactly that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> which I think that leads into the whole thing about there being this relationship beforehand or like, you know. Um, rather than just two strangers, because mm. mm-hmm. if it is just the two strangers in erotica, it's a lot harder for it to not just be about the that person's body. Yeah. and there's definitely space for that. Sometimes you like look at someone and you're like, "I want to tear your clothes off. I have no totally. idea who you are. Totally, you're just hot to me, right?" Yeah. And there's there's space for that, and like that's great as well. But it wasn't these. These ended up. It was like they they kind of knew each other. They were semi strangers, and they were obviously incredibly attracted to each other. And then they end up like going for it quite intensely, randomly. You know, like just being like, "This is the time now. Yes. Let's do it." I
1: mean, there is something kind of sexy about the spontaneity of that. Oh, and absolutely. Own factor
0: and um, the pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the pie sounded really good. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a line. The line that I had a bit of trouble with in this one was like she gets up afterwards and walks away and they say in the story you know he loved how proud she was of her body and that idea to me I don't love it when people comment on other people being like really proud of their body when their body isn't something that is accepted by society because it's like Oh, you're saying I'm proud of my body in spite of the fact yeah. that I'm not what I'm being told is an appropriate body to have in this space. Yeah. 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 I hear you. And so, so that pride, I like it's a hard space because I love it when people are body confident and they have that. And in one hand, I'm like, absolutely be proud of your body. Your body is beautiful and amazing. But when people point it out. Yeah. I'm automatically like, oh, but why are you so happy about this? Like, it's like calling someone brave. I was just
1: gonna say it's very similar to brave. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um but Because,
1: like the very the very need to say anything highlights that it's not a societal norm, I guess.
0: That yeah. That to me was kind of a bit but the ending of this story was the best. She's so she was definitely out of this story, she was definitely a um more of the body-confident, like, rocking-it kind of ladies. And she gets up off him and, like, swans over to her clothes, picks her clothes up, um, turns around to him and says, See you Tuesday, regular time, and dropped her wet thong onto his hard cock. And then leaves. <laughs> what a power move. I know. <laughs> and also, that's the other thing that, that that I wanted to talk about that because that is kind of encapsulating what I was saying about the way that they end. It's like they're not together. Yeah. But there's something
1: It also leaves the happening. reader with, like, you can imagine what you want after that. Yeah. Something in that story kind of made me think of a little bit and this whole idea of, like, the body confident thing is this notion of um, body positivity versus body neutrality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any kind of thoughts on that? I I get I get a bit confused. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> for me, I know that when I was younger, I would have benefited from stuff like that. Yeah. But by the time I became involved in that space and really thinking about it myself, I was in a pretty good spot with my self esteem. Yeah. And my body confidence. And so when I read those things, I I just felt like it wasn't... I didn't need to be mm. in that space as much. And, yeah. like, that could also be because I lost weight and there was, there's, like, an amount of guilt of, like, putting yourself in a body-positive space when you're no longer, like feeling like people are looking at you for your size and that you're actively being discriminated against for yeah. your size. As in it didn't feel like a space for you anymore. Yeah. And, like, it didn't it didn't need me to, like, get involved. And I guess that's kind of where the body neutrality stuff comes in with, like, Jamila... J- Jamila Jamil? Is that...? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the idea that, like, you don't have to actually celebrate...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, her whole your thing body. is like, I just don't want to have to think about it all the time, Yeah, which I'm, I'm into that because I feel like I've spent so long thinking about it and I can only imagine what it would be like, um, to, to be, to be fat. Like I'm straight, a straight sized, straight size. I think that's the, the term when you can buy your, this, your size clothing in a, in a, in a in, store, in a store generally. Um, I can only imagine what it would be like. For, for people in fat bodies. That would be a completely different experience. I thought it was interesting, like, reading a bit about the history of body positivity, like, as a movement. It kind of started in the US in the 60s, um, generally led by black queer women.
0: Mm. Um, and it What c- isn't led by black that? queer women? I mean, we... <laughs> we we so owe every single movement to <laughs> black queer women, but yes.
1: Um... Essentially, it kind of, like, is quite closely tied to the feminist movement and that it's mm. had different waves and things like that. And one of the things that's being experienced now, or at least recently, was that um, body positivity kind of grew in popularity mm. and became almost like a corporate sort of marketing
0: ploy. I do, and I do really dislike when people use body positivity to be this like all-encompassing let's not actually look at our privilege and just say that like we should all be happy with our bodies and slim people have problems too and you know well it completely ignores the the context yeah behind but i also think body neutrality is kind of difficult because yeah i i would love to not think about my body and to be honest most days i don't have to if i work at actually dismantling that but i'm also not being told by everyone i meet that i'm fat yeah you know and so it's a lot harder to be neutral towards it when your doctor literally feels okay telling you that that you're fat and that's the reason that you're sick rather than actually looking into what's going on yeah exactly so it's a
1: lot of a lot of fat phobia and and stigma that continues to to be so prevalent and in amongst this like fluffy posit- bo- positivity positivity <laughs> body positivity sort of meta narrative floating above the top while fat phobia continues to be so rife.
0: Yeah, and it's also a lot more exhausting to be positive when people oh,
1: totally. are
0: openly tearing you down totally. every single day. So. Yeah.
1: I guess the thing I, I kind of like about the idea of body neutrality is that sometimes it's hard to love every part of your body. Oh, especially yeah. Especially if you've been told since since you were a child that it's wrong or it's ugly. Um, so I guess I kind of like the idea of it being like, it's okay, you don't have to love it, but how about we don't hate it?
0: Yeah. Um, and it's crazy how, how that can really influence like as a kid I come from an incredibly loving family but my family were always on diets yeah and like absolutely would never be like you are fat to me but but we were always on diets which you learn pretty quickly means that you are fat yeah you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. like they didn't
1: have to say it because the the underlying message was there
0: yeah and and so I grew up a lot around that rhetoric
1: unsurprisingly um the body positivity movement um kind of pushed out women of color women with disabilities and trans women um and essentially made way for a more conventional beauty ideal which is (laughs) that the the, what we were talking about that hourglass figure generally women no no bigger than a size 16 and they were seen as like radical models um, these mm. you know white hourglass shaped women which just kind of like completely undermined the initial movement yeah but that being said there is some like I think there's a lots of really amazing stuff happening in communities online and whatnot at the moment um, but I, f- I it feels like there's a bit of a pushback against the idea of body positivity as a mm. as a n- name
0: yeah and I just. You know, I don't want to hear body positivity used to defend something like a swimsuit competition.
1: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Which I've heard. So, as, as in like
1: for pageants and stuff? Yeah.
0: So it's like, you know, it's actually about celebrating everybody, you know? It's about no, it's celebrating. Not. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. Ugh. I know. But that's, that's like an example of, exactly. of where yeah. I've seen body positivity used, where I'm like, no, sorry. Yeah. Like you can feel good about you your body. You should. People are telling you to feel good about your body. Like Everyone. all the time. Literally the entirety of society <laughs> is telling you. And like you can also have problems. That's also totally fine. But
1: Yeah, I think there almost needs to be a separate separate oh my goodness. A separation of self esteem issues and body image issues with body positivity. Like you can be like a size 10 and have, like, a conventionally beautiful figure and still have self-esteem issues and body body image issues. But you also, like,
0: fit. You need to recognise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, you need to recognise where you are in society with that kind of stuff. And, like, I feel like people don't realise... I mean, it's probably the same for everything, but I particularly fat phobia, if you haven't... If you don't have... Fat friends, or you haven't grown up in like a fat family, or you don't have that experience, you don't realize how pervasive it is to have everybody think that they can talk to you about your weight and all of the time,
1: constantly throwing unsolicited advice yeah.
0: at you. So it's like because we have this thing that fat means unhealthy, everybody can do it because they think they're doing you a favor.
1: Ugh,
0: yeah you know like that's that's what it is and and often sometimes the favor is like getting you a boyfriend or getting you know like oh yeah. no one's going to date you until you lose weight because boys don't like fat girls cuz how could you possibly be lovable yeah so Ugh. i think there are so many layers to it that like people just don't even yeah consider
1: and i do think that there is an important like if you put a feminist lens over the top of that, like the way people experience fat phobia will be different depending on on if you're if you're a man or, or a woman or if you're non-binary. Oh yeah. Um, like there are there are layers of of stigma and discrimination. Um, and I mean, obviously, being women, we can talk to the sort of the, the experience of being
0: a woman. Yeah, I have, like, the female version of a dad bod. And I have not seen a single article praising female dad bods.
1: You're right. You were so right. That was such a long-winded point. I mean, when are we ever short-winded? You, I mean, we never promised to be concise. We're working this stuff out, too. You, if anything, we started a podcast so that we didn't have to be... <laughs>
0: suckers <laughs> you're too deep now <laughs> um i had a point i forgot i forgot my point point. and i think it's important to say that all of it seems super obvious but all of this is like y- people and particularly women are taught and socialized to just like never feel enough
1: Oh yeah.
0: And that is the same across the spectrum of sizes, right? You will never feel like you are x enough. But fundamentally, people have different experiences in the world and you should respect that and just just check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good lesson for everyone in every circumstance ever.
0: I have something that's not related. Okay. (laughs) But the other thing I really liked about this book was um, the large amount of safe sex practices. Oh, A lot of condoms. Cool. And I just have this line, and it was from the runner's cast that I really liked. Essentially, they, like, go for a run, they're all sweaty and shit, and then they start getting dirty. Oh. And um, he's like, do you have a condom? Because they're at her house. And she's like, oh, shit, no. And he... Reaches into the key holder strapped to his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And pulls out a condom. <laughs> Excellent. Again, that's a power move. That's such a power it. move. But then he goes, uh, and then he says, don't be angry. I was hopeful, but not expectant. So nice. good. Nice. So good. Um, I feel like this book also made me realize that I have absolutely no problem with the word cunt. Yeah. In erotica? Yep. Like as a word for a vagina? Yep. No problem into it. Kind of into it. I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, I get this. I, can. I I'm
1: really loving to go on this journey with you to learn <laughs> about what words you like and don't like. I feel like we're seeing a bit of like an evolve an evolvement. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> I feel like we're seeing kind of like an evolution in uh, in your fuck. I shouldn't podcast when I can't talk.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. I'm just does. loving learning more about you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and myself. Yeah, I'm on a journey. We're all on a journey. I don't like the word pussy. I don't know if we've discussed this. I think we have at yeah. some point. Surely not into it. They used it a lot, um, and the worst word. That was ever used in this book for a vagina goes to <laughs> seeping hole. Oh, it sounds like a wound. I know, it's so gross. It sounds like pussy. Like oh. it sounds seeping, seeping. Yeah, no, it doesn't. That's gross. Seeping. It's not okay. So, how did they describe the penis? Not very much. Okay. Um, some- that's like- how I like it. <laughs> I did make a note that not a single penis that was described in great detail was smaller than nine inches. I would have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure I remember listening to one of the stories and being like, what the fuck? Because I think it was like twelve inches or something. That and I was like, that I, is look, a monster dick. I don't claim to know my inches well. I Googled okay. average size of male penis. Yeah. And um I think for like um eighteen plus it was like seven and a half inches. Twelve is big. I know. Nine is and also big. like Nine is twenty two point six five centimetres, I think. Each to their own. But I would be like, you ain't getting in here. <laughs> it's big. You gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah no. So they didn't describe the penises very much, actually, but they did often talk about like the size. They also just talked about how like they wanted to suck on them and stuff, which that's great. You know, yeah. you don't need to go into a big description of penises. Exactly. They didn't really describe vaginas either. Really, I mean, when you think about you it. Whenever you start to describe something in too much detail, yeah, it really pulls you out of the yeah. action. <laughs> Particularly because at that point where you would be describing it, they're like getting down. Also, being a glasses wearer, you
1: never see that many. Details I never see anyway. the
0: details. <laughs> I'm I'm lucky if I can distinguish the penis between the body. Yeah. i hope so. I mean, by touch, obviously, or once I get my face down there. But it's flesh-coloured, the body's flesh-coloured, it's just a flesh-coloured blob. You know what I love? The idea of, like, you know, when,
1: in movies and stuff when blind people, like, touch people's faces to, like... You laugh,
0: but this is, you know, pretty much describing my sex life right <laughs> that's now. That's
1: what I mean. Like, I love the idea of <laughs> like,
0: getting to know each partner that you've slept with. I honestly think this is why... I used to wear contacts a lot more, right, in my life, and I don't anymore, but I still wear it on the first date. Yeah. And I feel like maybe it's that's a hang up from that. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't know someone and I'm going to sleep with them, I don't want to have to be like, "Wait, I'll just put my glasses back on, <laughs> yeah. have a little check, and then we're good to go. Glasses <laughs> off, business time." Although like, that could be a sexy kink. Could be. Um I would need to know like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wild card play. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a bold move. <laughs> um, so a winner, it sounds like. Yeah, I would
0: give it an eight and a half. That's high. But also for the good stories. There were some that I didn't like. Yeah. yeah. Um, As an anthology. So I guess if I added them all up and gave an average, we'd be at like a seven. Yeah, okay. Cool.
1: Yeah, I think be- just before we wrap up, I just wanted to... I just wanted to share because I think that there's like there's some people who are doing some really great stuff online um, around fat activism, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to share three accounts that I really love on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. Um, if you are interested, like we're not the authorities on this, and um, these people, I really love the work they're doing. One of them is um, she writes anonymously, but she goes on, she goes under the. Name your fat friend. She's on Instagram. Pretty amazing. Lots of like very critically minded commentary around fat phobia. The fat sex therapist is cool. Uh, she does some interesting stuff around, yeah, the intersection of of fat bodies and sex. And then um, Megan Jane Crab is Bozzy, Bozzy, <laughs> Body Posi <laughs> Oh my goodness. Body <laughs> Posse Panda. And she, um, she also does some cool um work around fat activism and I just think that they're
0: great yeah and if you're into adult performers fatty delicious <laughs> I haven't seen any of her work but I mean I liked her writing um and on a light note for if we're in recommendations check out Shrill
1: oh yeah um, I like on SBS On Demand if, you want. <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor us for doing these <laughs> shout outs
0: um <laughs> we really need a microphone <laughs>
1: Um, we are on Instagram. If you are not following us already, you should. Um, and we haven't done this before, but like, if you want to like and subscribe and nonsense like that, it'd are, be cool. Yeah. We are everywhere you can get podcasts. We would love to know what you think. Um, and also shout out to Brady King who did our artwork, which is on, um, you can see it on wherever you're, re- wherever you're listening right now, and also to Dom and Tase, our friends who have done some cool music. That's way
0: too cool for us. So um, cool and so sexy. Yeah, both too cool <laughs> and too sexy for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aww.